Sound of Hockey episode 245. We're calling this one the Carson Rakoff episode. Uh, normally I'd say, why are we calling it that, John? But I just want to say that he's been at Kraken Development Camp and he's been very impressive. And we only got to see him one day, but very impressive. He's got a pretty impressive shot. Yep. And, I, and I'll tell you something. I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but uh, when I got home, I started watching uh, Carson Rakoff. Oh, did uh, you? Videos, yeah. yeah. And it was nice. There mm-hmm. were some nice ones in there, nice goals. He's, Plays for uh, Kitchener now. He's, so, he's a yeah. big, pretty smooth skater, I thought. Really big shot. And uh, it's funny because those events, like especially when it's not a, it, it's not the three-on-three competition, what we saw. It's just a, like a practice, effectively, right? And so there's just like a, a couple moments every now and then where a player will do something that makes everybody in the stands go, ooh, right? And for he some reason, <laughs> he had like three or four, I thought, where I was it like, It was like, oh. you know, like a 10-minute ga- yes. like segment. Yeah. yeah. Every time I was like, oh, who did that one? Rakoff. Yeah. Oh, what about Rakoff? Oh, like, that was nasty. Yeah. 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 So I like that. In my half an hour of watching him skate, big Rakoff fan. Future uh, first liner, right? Yeah. Uh, also a big fan of Oscar Fisker Mulgard. I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I am not pronouncing it correctly. You're going to hear it from his mouth. You're going to learn how to You're gonna say it correctly. You're going to learn. Yeah. Um, I need to study it more. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, North Americans, we are not pronouncing it correctly um, currently, but you'll hear from him how you're supposed to actually pronounce it. Sounds it sounds like he's okay with it. Yeah, he yeah. is on the show, uh, and it is a fantastic <laughs> interview. Uh, not super long. I think it was like 10, 15 minutes, something like that. But uh, man, what a awesome kid. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited for you guys to hear that one. I think you're going to love that kid. So um, really fun to talk to him. This is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL to Seattle on the Twitter. And be sure to follow us at Sound underscore Hockey as well for all of your Kraken related updates. There's been a lot going on here yeah. uh, in the last week. No surprise with, of course, the draft, which we talked about in a point five episode the other day. So go back and check that out if you didn't hear it. Um, and then uh, free agencies. We kind of let our YouTube viewers down because we teased that we were going to do a crack and takeaways video and we haven't done it. Yeah, yet. it just didn't seem like we had enough. Uh, I think we probably could have pulled content, something together, yeah. but that's on us. I Now I'm afraid to say that we're going to do it. That's fair. We probably shouldn't. Yeah, we let them down. Okay. Fair enough. We let them down. We didn't get a lot of heat from it, though. No, I didn't see a lot said of anything. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe we're off not the really hook. Um, yeah. yeah, I probably shouldn't have even brought it up, but. Whatever. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's let's start with some Kraken news. And by the way, no no five star review this week. So um, don't know what that's about. But make sure you get them in. Get your five star review in on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read it on next week's show. Um, so Kraken news. We had a um, just a couple of signings. Uh, not the big splash that I think some people were probably expecting. John, you wrote a story on free agency day explaining that uh, you thought it was going to be a a little bit of a quiet day, which you were right on that. So that was, uh, you know, just listen to John. John knows what he's talking about sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't, but sometimes he does. Um, But before free agency started, the Kraken did bring back our good friend, Joey Decord for two years. Uh, It's a one-way deal, 1.2 million a year. So um, good for him. Yeah. Good and two him. years, yeah. So that makes it, uh, love it, yeah, love it. Good I mean, for, yeah. It's like a little rewarding too, right? For being kind of committed the last two years. I think he's done everything that this organization's asked of him. Just has never not got the opportunity. And I did foreshadow this last week. Yeah, and we we just had a hunch. Like it, it seems like he really likes being part of the organization. And I thought he had a great time in Coachella this year, even though I'm sure he wants to be in the NHL. But um, the cool thing about his two year deal, though, if you think about it. Even if he ends up back in Coachella this year, he's, he's getting an NHL salary. He's going to get an NHL salary. And because it's a two-year deal, Drieger's deal is up after this next season, right? So Good point. he would be in the NHL the following season in theory. Now, he then would have to clear waivers. So they could be back in that same kind of unfortunate situation. But, but I do wonder if teams are reluctant to take him given the two-year deal and it's 1.2, mm-hmm. right? It's not quite a league minimum. Right. There could be some... I mean, because remember, uh, Tolvanen was the 1.5 million when he got claimed off waivers, yep. and Seattle was like 20th in order. But there was only so many teams that could actually fit Tolvanen under the cap. So there might be that. That might be a little strategic too by the Kraken to kind of like a little bit more than probably what the market would pay for him and the two years to kind of stick him around to make him. That said, I definitely think he's got an opportunity to to win this the second position, yeah. Come the fall, and then you just put Drigger in, and then you just bury that some of that salary down in in the minors, which is fine. 
Yeah. They also brought back Gustav Olofsson for two years and a two-way deal at 775K. So good soldier, Gustav Olofsson. And we like him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think- uh, Very nice guy. Yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. And he's had some interesting adversity. You know, the the interesting thing, I had a story in mind that I was going to do. I spoke to him, did an interview when he was up with the Kraken very briefly. And then next day, like I was was getting ready to like put it out (laughs) there. Next day, he goes back to Coachella and gets hurt. And the story was all- about how he had had these horrific injuries and it had been many years since he was in the NHL last, you know, and and just how special that was for him to have that journey back to the NHL. So anyway, and then, yeah, he got hurt again, finally came back for- uh, We should talk to him. Playoffs. We should talk to him in the fall. Maybe we should get him on. Yeah. Okay. So- that was pre-free agency opening. Um, and then obviously they had to decide whether or not to qualify their RFAs, which we alluded to on the 0.5 episode, I think, um, and many times before. We thought Daniel yeah. Sprong was going to go. We've been, we we've were, been hammering on the Sprong's not going to get qualified. We were, we were right on that one, which uh, I'm glad because – I'm not glad because I liked Daniel Sprong a lot, but I'm glad that we were right because, uh, you know – we would have had some big shame to deal with there. Morgan Geeky, though, I know you you also alluded to that one, and you were kind of hoping it wouldn't happen, yeah. but it did happen. I so. was pretty nervous about that. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, not qualified, that means... I mean, at the time, that usually means they're signing somewhere else because they become an unrestricted free agent um, the next day when free agency opens. Mm-hmm. So, And sure enough, they they both signed elsewhere. Geeky went to Boston. Sprong went to Detroit. Geeky, uh, Ron Francis said that Geeky was offered a contract before they had to decide whether or not to qualify him. He said he thought it was a fair deal, but Geeky turned it down. So then he became a free agent. So that's that. Other free agents, uh, so Donato, Ryan Donato also left. He went to Chicago. Carson Soucy left. He went to Vancouver. No surprise with those two, although uh, Francis also made a point to just say how, how classy Donato was with all of it. He said he, he actually called and thanked the organization for their opportunity that they gave him to play, right? Because remember, they signed him uh, just before the inaugural season, and he had kind of like bounced around, you know? And like, yeah. in a way, he resurrected his career a little bit with Seattle and, and then went through the whole not getting qualified last year, ends up signing again at a cheaper deal than he would have gotten if they qualified him. Um, yeah, I mean, good soldier, really nice guy, loved covering him. So um, yeah, we'll miss those uh, those players. But uh, And then Alex True leaves. He was a group six UFA, um, so he goes to Florida. So that's that. Yeah, not much to say. Let's loop back on Susie when we talk about who, the signings okay. um, when you get a chance. All right, so, pin yeah. has been placed. Okay, cool. Uh, the players that did get qualified, Vince Dunn, Will Borgen, Kale Flurry, and Cole Lind. No surprise, I don't think, on any of those four. I think those were exactly who we would have expected for them to to uh, qualify, uh, tender qualifying offers. Kale Flurry and Cole Lind, I'm sure they're not super concerned about getting their deals done, but I do wonder about Will Borgen and Vince Dunn. Uh, arbitration eligible, both, in my opinion, due for huge raises. Will Borgen played every game this season. Obviously a key player for the Kraken now, so um, we'll see how it shakes out. I don't think Borgen even in arbitration, won't qualify for a big deal. Wasn't he at, he was 900K this year, I think? Because usually, now this is for listeners, like arbitration is all about points. Okay. And technically plus minus, if you yeah, can believe that. Yeah, but even, I don't know, as a defenseman though, like does it, it change the, it's all the, about points? What's the comp? It usually. Yeah. But it, like literally- those are the stats that you can bring in to the room mm-hmm. with comparables. That Not like said, time on ice or anything like that. No. That's what I look at for, no, for totally. defensemen. Totally, but that's know? unfortunately how it works. Mm-hmm. But we also know that rarely does we even get to the arbitration. So I think it's more hopefully getting multi-year deal instead of like just one because the arbitration is technically just one year. Yeah. So um, okay. something to keep an eye on. So that's who leaves the Kraken. They brought in Brian Dumoulin on a two-year deal, $3.15 million. Kyler Yamamoto for one year, $1.5 million. Big bruising Kyler Yamamoto. <laughs> um, you know what's funny about Kyler Yamamoto, John? Uh, our first, yours and my first true like hockey experience when we first met, we went to an Everett Silvertips game, and that was the night that they... Were the, they were playing the Spokane Chiefs. Spokane's bus got stuck in the pass. They delayed the game like an hour. And uh, I remember you being like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs have Kyler Yamamoto. And I was like, I have no idea wh- wh- who that is. <laughs> you know, like I just wasn't plugged into the local hockey scene yet to like know who, who these kids were. That's and, all we uh, had right at the time, yeah. you know, like. But, yeah. but I do remember him just like, I was like, wow, look how 
tiniest kid and he's just yeah. zipping around and clearly the best player on the ice at, at that age. So um, it was uh, it was funny that I kind of called back to that. So he is a Spokane native, of course. I'm interested to see where he fits. I I think I don't know. I, I'm interested to well, see. Well, let's where he fits. let's let's talk about Yamamoto first. Okay. Um, we'll start with Yamamoto. Yeah. Go back to Dumoulin. You're you're right. I don't think that's. Um, on paper, he doesn't move the needle. That said, I, I definitely think he could replace kind of the production that, you know, Sprong and Donato and mm-hmm. or Donato had. Um, tough. Sprong had a pretty good year, so it's like going to be hard to kind of replicate that. But he is capable of doing that. Getting a fresh start is probably not the worst thing for him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we're not really going to project lines too much other than like spots on the roster, but he could fit into that fourth line. But keep in mind that fourth line, at least historically, has not played fourth line minutes. They play third line minutes. So I think that's a good spot for him. I wonder if he could be used in a power play situation, but I don't really see it, uh, assuming everyone's healthy, um, because I think the power play set, although I think they need help on the power play. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure where that's going to come from. So um, what are your thoughts? I think I, I I like it. I mean, it's a very low risk, you know, 1.5 million for one year. Like you can't lose with that. Like if it's, if it doesn't work, fine. Yeah. You know, I think it's worth, uh, worth you, the try. Theoretically, if it's god awful, you can put them into the minors and, yeah. and whatever you need the to cap. do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, that's, that's a low enough number that you can do whatever you need to do with it. So, um, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I, to your point, I don't think it necessarily moves the needle. Like I don't think they're infinitely better than they were three days ago because they mm-hmm. signed uh, Kyler Yamamoto. Um, but I'm excited to see if he can come in and, you know, get out of that Edmonton bubble literally. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just such a fishbowl up there, you know, yeah, and like, totally. it's, it's not like that in Seattle. It's a lot calmer, I think for the players. So yeah, I'm excited to see what happens uh, with him. And then on Dumoulin, pretty obviously he's a, a replacement for Susie. The thing that kind of confused me about it, and maybe you can explain this to me, is they signed Dumoulin for effectively the same dollar amount, right? I think the only real difference there is two-year deal versus a three-year deal. I mean, a little bit older of a player, but it seems like a similar quantity in the terms of like the style of play and where he's going to fit in the blue line. So explain that to me. Why is that I, third I mean, year I think, so important? I think that term is pretty big because who's playing in the AHL right now? Well, Riker Evans. Right. Mm-hmm. And and he might not be ready this year, but he could come in next year. If he's here next year, like if he's ready next year, haven't they boxed him out? I mean, not really. I mean, it, you know, who... I don't think we can expect him to just step right in there. And you never know if they move, and not that they would move Alexiak or anything. I don't want to kind of put that out there. But it would have been hard to find a replacement for Susie on a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, and this way, it's essentially kind of, low, again, low risk. Dumlin has had some injuries, but he's been playing pretty solid this year. 82 uh, all 82 yeah. this year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the broader thing is they needed... In my article, it was like they're gonna add need to add something on lefty, yeah, right. Assuming I didn't think Evan, I don't think Evans is ready, but that doesn't mean he can't kind of slide into uh, kind of the the seventh D on the team. But I don't see that happening because they probably want him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a I think it's fair signing. I think that the difference is the term. Um, if you're the type of person that believes in cups in the room, mm-hmm. then that's a good ad because he's been with Pittsburgh all these years and he's got a couple Stanley Cups. Yeah. Um, oh, Stanley Cups. I thought you meant not cups. I was like, I, th- I think they all wear. Okay. Cups. I'm right. just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, that, that one does, missed. It that is. A, it that is. was a miss. You know, I got to I gotta throw some darts every now and then on the jokes. Yeah. And I hope that a couple of them will hit the board. They probably work better with the listeners than me. Okay. Um. That's right. You don't like anything funny. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so that leaves Megna and Flurry mm-hmm. on the outside in in the top yeah. six. Yeah. Um, kind of feel bad for Flurry. I really do. Yeah. I know. I mean, part of me hopes that they'll just put him on waivers this year and try to send him down. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't understand that whole that whole situation of like letting a guy effectively just like rot in the press box for the entire season. Like, why not put him on waivers? And if he gets claimed, great, give him a chance elsewhere, you know? But I don't know. They did that with Borgen, too. And then the following year, Borgen plays every game. So Borgen uh, did play quite a bit more games than Flurry. Only uh, Be- after the after yeah, the trade they, deadline. They gave him a chance after the deadline. That's yeah. right. But it was a different scenario this year totally. because they totally. weren't in last place or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't really understand the, the thinking there because I don't think you're necessarily helping the, the player get any better. And it's just a tough spot for him. So... Totally. I don't know. But I mean, if somebody gets hurt, he 
He's there, the, and and people really they really didn't get hurt this year, right? So. And Lord knows, being in the NHL is a good thing, right? If you're yeah, you're still getting paid NHL yeah. salary, so so that brings me to the question, uh, and it's a little bit of a hypothetical, but I don't think we need to play the actual hypothetical music there. I like but that music. All right, should we do it? Yeah. Here's a hypothetical. Are the Kraken done, would you say? Uh, like, is this the the lineup that they're going to come in with next year? And let me just, I know you said we're not going to go at, at line pairings. Well, let's think about the depth chart here. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. They still have McCann, Beneers, Eberle all back. Burkowski's health, healthy again, or should be. Uh, so you have Burkowski, Wenberg, Schwartz. You have Tolvin and Gord Bjorkstrand. I wouldn't anticipate that's that getting touched. Tanev is back. Uh, now Yamamoto is added theoretically to Tanev. Now you have effectively one more spot for Shane Wright, Ty Cartier, Cole Lind, John Hayden. Yeah. Right? I totally agree. Uh, here's where, where I come from on it. I said at the beginning of this thing, I thought they were going to add to the top of the lineup so that they had trickle down, right, to backfill the fourth line with effectively better players than what they had this past year, even though the fourth line was really effective, right? But that to me is how they get deeper than they were. Looking at this lineup right now and what I just said, I think they're either the same or a little worse than they were this past season. If you bring this exact group of players, that's what I think. You did mention, right? Yeah. Shane, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, he's a, he's not a known, he wasn't ready to push things last year, right? So is he going to be ready to push things this year if he makes the team? Maybe he looks bigger, he looks stronger, he looks faster to me, but I don't know. I do agree. This looks pretty similar to the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think last year's team kind of overachieved. So in that, in that regard, they're not going to be as good this year in its current state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's, there's quite a bit of questions if Wright's ready for the NHL. And I think it's okay if he's on the fourth line as a fourth fourth line center. Yeah. Um, because we know he hopefully will get more than six and seven minutes, which he was getting at the beginning of the year with the Kraken. Yeah. Um, or, or scratched. Yeah, or one scratched. Or yeah. 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 I think there's Cartier, I think is promising, but I don't think there's a guaranteed spot for him, particularly right. how it's structured right now. Cole Lind is another variable that I think has the opportunity to kind of replace the goals that Sprong pitched in last year, because uh, he is a goal scorer. That said, I don't know where he fits in, right? Um, and I think you mentioned John Hayden. I think he's potential for a fourth line, uh, a fourth line center. Yeah. Um, if Wright's not ready, because I think they need a right-handed center as well to take uh, face-offs in the strategic positions in the zone. So back to your original question, I don't think they're done. I don't either. Bjorkstrand happened well after, like a it was week like, or so. Yeah, a week or 10 days, I think. Yeah, because like it happened after uh, Goudreau. Goudreau signed yep. and he didn't sign right away. Right. So there isn't that big fish that's really going to disrupt yeah, the market I had, necessarily. I but. had my eyes on Tarasenko, but then Shana tweeted tonight she thought he was going to Carolina. So, But if that happens, now you have... There's teams that are over the cap, right? Like Toronto's over the cap. I think they can put Matt Murray on LTIR maybe. And there's no – Matt Murray could be playing. So I don't want to okay. say he's injured, but there is talk that he could be injured Okay, more significantly. All right. That's what that's what people are saying, mm-hmm. but it's not official that he's like done playing hockey. He's not a Carey Price situation, right? Yeah. So, but so then you look at it, they're like if, – if he's back, they're like $8 million over the cap. So wouldn't you think then Willie Nylander going into his last year could be – potentially on the move if the Kraken wanted him. Now, there's something that improves you offensively, but then he's got one year left. What do you have to give up to get him? And then can you re-sign him for the following year? And if you do, then are you screwed the following year? Because now you're going to have a bigger Vince Dunn contract. Theoretically, you're going to have a bigger Matty Beneers contract, right? So it's all very tricky to me how they can get better. You know, another one, if Carolina is over the cap, do they have to get rid of like a Tara Vinen, right? Same situation, Tara Vinen's five point something million, one year left. You know, what do they have to give up to get to the, a guy like that? To the, you know, I just I think there's ways for them to uh, to bring in a true star player here. Uh, and 
Francis did say it the other day. He said, you know, I'm not saying that another Oliver Bjorkstrand trade is going to happen, but we're set up pretty well if something shakes loose in that kind of scenario. I think well, shakes I, loose is exactly what he said, which I thought was pretty great. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think you're on to something. I think that's I think that's what the Kraken is thinking right now mm-hmm. uh, is to kind of keep their options open because they want to be able to kind of uh, put this thing together. I just have this sense, like with what they built this past year, why would they come in next year with a roster that if this roster is better, right, it's marginally so at best, I think. Right. Fair. So why would they come back with almost the exact same lineup? Why? I'm just answering the question Mm -hmm. is they don't want to disrupt the prospects pool because they're thinking a little bit more long term. Okay. Uh, I don't know what a Nylander would cost. Yeah. I mean, if let's hypothetically say. It's a hypothetical. Yeah. Shane Wright. Yeah. No chance you do it. Right. I mean, Willie Nylander's scored 40 goals. Yeah, but didn't we give Chris Peters a hypothetical? For Dubois. Very different. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't that, know what that's you- That's why you wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. right? Is because you're- Because of what you more... have to give up. Yeah. And, and you don't know if you're- I mean, if it's like a sign and trade, though, you know you're going to get him for a five-year deal or whatever. Well, sign and trade, he's already signed on a contract. For one year. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get him here, then you can sign him. Sure, uh, or but, you can wait and sign an eight. But is deal. it worth it to give up a big prospect or a couple first rounders or whatever to get one year of Willie Nylander if you can't resign? Well, him, he's an you know? RFA, right? Isn't he expired uh, to RFA? Is he? Mm, that might change my. No, he is a UFA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Anyway, that it's I mean, the, sticky. We're talking he, about the kind of the decisions and kind of levers that will drive this thing. I, I think there's somebody, there's a lot of players, not just Nylander out there. That, yeah, not that, just Nylander, not just Terravine. Those yeah. are just names that came to mind because I saw, oh, if Carolina gets Tarasenko, which seems to be what's happening is is what's out there, that puts them well over the cap, mm-hmm. right? If Toronto goes in this year with what they have, they're way over the cap. So something's got to give there. Um, and and there's a whole thing where they have to be cap compliant to start the season before mm-hmm. they put somebody on LTIR. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's not like they can just kind of go, no, we're just going to put somebody. It's on fine. LTIR. We'll put him. We'll yeah. do it tomorrow. Yeah. No, they yeah. can't do that. So, so. okay. Um, enough about that. Good hypothetical. Uh, other Kraken news. The schedule was released. So anything you've circled, John? I will tell you. I looked for my little three-game road trip to the Tri City area. Not not Tri City. Tri State area. <laughs> the New York Metropolitan area. Because I really enjoyed that trip last year. They're not doing it this year. They're doing back-to-backs with Islanders and Devils, and then the Ranger trip is a totally separate trip. So where else are they going? Uh. On that trip. On that trip, do you know? The New York, the Rangers. I want to say it's Philadelphia, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Ooh, I could be Philadelphia is fun. Is it? Yeah. I, well, yeah, but I mean, okay. I really like New York. I, I love the idea of seeing three games. And, yeah. yeah. The, the one thing is they're opening on the road again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go to that one. I actually have like a, a buddy's trip planned for the 6th through the 9th to Vegas. Which I'm, I hate. I don't actually like Vegas, but then they play on the tenth, so I'm like, all right, now I almost have to a go on the trip with the buddies and b stay. So I'm staying like five days in Vegas, which is, in my opinion, four days too long. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Well, I'll be down there. Okay. Um, You're going for sure. I, I um yeah, I can almost guarantee it. Yeah. So right. um, interesting because they're doing Vegas then Nashville two days later. Oh. which is the exact same scenario yeah. for the inaugural season. Yeah. And I did that trip. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to Nashville again for the third year. <laughs> okay. Right after Vegas too. Yeah. That's um, a lot. That's a lot. Uh, one thing I did notice is the Kraken do have quite a bit of travel being way up here in the upper left. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I did see, they, they have the fewest back-to-back games, which is always, that's pretty good. Because mm-hmm. um, generally you, play poorer on the second night of a back-to-back. That's the theory. Now, yeah. te- technically, they actually had a pretty good record <laughs> yeah. last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's fun. I, You know what I do love is the Thanksgiving sandwich, oh. which is Wednesday and Friday games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, home turkey, games. What's what's that called, like, when you have the open-faced turkey sandwich the day after Thanksgiving? Oh, I don't know. Um, An open-faced turkey sandwich the day after Thanksgiving? So, maybe we call it the, the open-faced series? Open-faced? Like well, but because it's we'll also the it. Wednesday as well before Thanksgiving, so right when it's sandwiched around Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It's I a do turkey like that sandwich. Too. That's that's what we'll call it. The, the turkey, turkey sandwich. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's cool to see their schedule and start thinking about what games I'm most looking forward to. Yeah. Um, 
but whatever. nothing pops off but N- no yet but i mean i'm sure i'll find some and especially once you like start to see how some of the teams are doing and all yeah. of a sudden you're like oh, yeah. okay maybe yeah. circle this one and yeah development camp is underway that first outing was pretty cool i am officially now it's official i haven't shared it on the podcast i shared it on twitter today but i am the new nhl.com correspondent covering the kraken so that's kind of um, I think it's exciting. I don't know. I, I think our, our coverage for Sound of Hockey won't change dramatically. So I was concerned about that. I wanted to make sure that we can still do most of or all the stuff we're, we're doing. Um, and it seems like that won't be a problem. So um, I also felt a little weird about it just because obviously Andy did the job for two years and did a great job with it. And, um, you know, I figured somebody's going to fill it. Uh, they have to fill it. So well, um, I'd rather it be filled by you than anybody else yeah. in, the, in the world. Yeah. So, oh, um, thanks. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think, you know, it's not, to be clear, it's not something you like we're clamoring for, right? No. It's not something you're like, oh, I can't wait yeah. to be, but it was an opportunity that somebody approached you about, right? Yeah. I assume I can say that. Yeah. Um, and to the person that, that did, I really appreciated that. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. Um, I just hope you don't take your your stories about the unwritten rules of- no, the yeah. no hel- yeah. like the no helmet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, which that doesn't by the far not that was really like one NHL. of the best stories. Com. I know, but that was one of the best stories on Sound of Hockey. Yeah, uh, you well. had you had quite a few of these non-game story, awesome deep dives on things, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm anticipating those continue, <laughs> and I'm eager to see them. But yeah. several uh, people were like, "Well, does this mean that the walk and talks are going away?" No, oh hell they, no, they may be a little later. It'll be a riot. I, I will. I will admit they may be a little bit later because I'm going to have like more deadlines and stuff than I had before, but um, they'll be I out. Love, Don't everybody worry. loves a good walk and talk. Oh, yeah. Ooh, the timing might be off because usually I, by the time I get home, walk the dogs, mm-hmm. I'm ready to, to watch it. So mm-hmm. I got to worry about the timing there. Okay. So well, we'll figure it out. Okay. Workshop we'll get back it. in the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, seriously, I'm, I'm excited about it. And thanks everybody who uh, said nice things today on, on Twitter. That was cool. Um, okay. Let's talk about, should we do league signings or should we go to the uh, Oscar Fisker Mulgard? interview let's do that first yeah yeah okay here it is oscar fisker mulgard we now welcome onto sound of hockey the 52nd overall pick in the 2023 nhl entry draft out of hv 71 of the swedish elite league oscar fisker mulgard thank you so much for joining us oscar appreciate thank it you. thank you and we're coming to you here from uh kraken community iceplex after uh your first day of development camp so you know we were just debating though oscar um starting with a really important question here your last name, is it two words? I noticed there's no hyphen. So is your last name Fisker Mogard or is your last name Mogard? Or how does that work? You could say my Fisker is my kind of like my middle name. So okay. I, I normally only use Mogard and also my jersey, it only says Mogard. So so that's my last name. It would probably, yeah, if you had both of those on there, that would be a long uh, name. A bit, bit too long. I, I, I think my mom would love it, but my dad would hate it. So yeah, got just got to keep Mogard on it. Another thing we've been debating uh, just about your name. So you have the thing that's kind of specific to um, Scandinavian languages. You have that O with the line through it. Does that change the pronunciation at all, or how does how does that factor in? Well, of course, a little bit. You're, you're pronouncing it in a different way in Denmark, okay. so so yeah, yeah, a little bit, just like uh, like the Oxtrand. So, so how how would you pronounce it? Well, in in pure Danish, I would say Mulgård. Oh, oh wow. we're so way yeah, off. Yeah, that's a bit different, but that's how it is. You all right, just I'm gonna, gotta, just gotta get used to it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Americans and Canadians are not gonna get that. No, so I, I know that. So that's why we gotta go we'll, with Mulgård instead. We'll try to help, but you're you're yeah, you're gonna be Mulgård moving forward not we're, we're going to try to help with that um to try <laughs> to educate but uh just kind of level setting for you yeah, but, don't mind at yeah. all all right so obviously you're you're fresh off of the draft it's been a, a wild week for you here talk us through how it's been for you well it's it's hard to put in words you know uh, it's it's a dream come true and just being here it's it's awesome you know the facilities and the coaches and the staff and you know everything's just been incredible and amazing so couldn't be happy i'm proud to to be a part of this organization and uh, you ended up going number 52 overall. We saw some projections from experts and things like that that you might go a little bit higher. What's going through your mind as you're at the draft? Are you kind of like getting nervous about it as you see things proje- progressing or how does that whole experience go for you? Well, I've been trying not to focus so much on all the projections and stuff yeah. like that. You know, trying, I've, I've been doing whatever I can and then we'll see what happens at the draft and that's how I took it. And you know, f- being 52 overall, that's that's pretty big and especially awesome. for, for yeah. a guy coming from a small country like Denmark. So, so I'm just, you know, 
know, super happy and proud of that. And then, yeah, no matter if I want to win the first or the seventh round, I will still go to work every day and do my best because, yeah, my dream is to play in NHL someday. Did you have any indication from the Kraken going in that that might be where you landed? Like, did you talk to anybody that, that gave you that indication? Well, of course, I've been talking a lot to the Kraken. Yeah. Uh, well, but it's hard to say. The NHL draft is like a lottery. So you, you never know where you're going and, and you know, you, you just got to wait. But, of course, if I had a good gut that it might be cracking who, who were picking me. So, of course, you're, you're a bit more nervous when, when they were picking and, um, and hope to be picked by them. So, so when it finally happened, I was yeah, super excited. The Kraken actually had three picks, like, kind of in a row in the, in the 50s. And so you're probably, like, on a little bit kind of watching those picks as they, as they come. And you went the second pick uh, for the Kraken. So mm. did you were you anticipating, were you even at 50, like, maybe this is it? Well, it's it's hard to to say. Uh, of course, you you want to get get drafted as high as possible, but I know yeah, seeing them have them having those picks, and you know my my, my agent told me that they, they they like me as a player and as a person, and uh, so so you're just hoping for them to pick me, and then well again you never know it's like a lottery. So yeah. but of course you you were hoping that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Who was the first uh, call or text message you got? Who reached out first? Well, uh, probably some of my friends back at them, my mom, my grandma and grandpa, they were, they were up at, during the night and, and watching the NHL draft, so they're, they're just excited, as excited as, as I am. I can't even imagine how that must feel for your family to, to no, see that happen. It's, it's hard to put in words. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, so it's kind of a generic question, but, but tell the fans a little bit about what they're getting with drafting you, what the Kraken's getting as far as a player. Yeah, well, I call myself a, a two-way sentiment. I've been... Uh, playing a lot, of, have been having a big defensive role, especially in the SHL this year, where, where the league is a bit more structured and the ice is a bit bigger. So, so that's that's what I've been been proving this year, and then hopefully I can can build on my offensive game and uh, and someday yeah be productive in, in the offensive zone. So I'll, I'll call myself yeah a two two way center who's who's smart with the puck and and can read the game very well. So yeah. And and we obviously love that there's a connection between your dad and Oliver Bjorkstrand's dad. I guess they played six seasons or something together. Yeah, they in, did that's, in Denmark. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. How close are, I mean, are, do they still communicate? Because, it, you know, it's been so long since they played and, and you weren't, maybe you were one years old when they yeah, played. Yeah, I can't remember so, anything like it now. But do they communicate at all or have they communicated at all? I don't know if they do now, but when Bjorkstrand was, uh, was a coach back in, in Denmark, they, right. they talked a lot. And when I have family in, in Herning where, where he was coaching, my dad is from, from that town too. Okay. So, so when we went there to visit, I always, you know, was at the arena and met Todd and, and my dad talked to him and they you know they're, they're good buddies you know I don't know if they're, they're talking right now but yeah they knew each other so that's that's pretty funny yeah and have you had any communication with Oliver yeah he correct? texted me after the oh, draft, so cool. that was that was pretty big uh, you know getting a getting a text from from a guy like him that was yeah yeah, I'm super proud. And so you are from Denmark, but you've been playing in Sweden the last two years, two yeah. seasons. And we've heard that's kind of a tight defensive league as well. Uh, how big of an adjustment was it even going from Denmark to uh, the juniors in Sweden? Was it was it quite the adjustment? You could say so. You know, going to Sweden, you know, playing against four good lines every night, that, that wasn't what I was used to back in Denmark. You know, we normally have one, one or two good lines and then... The third or fourth line is just players, you know, come to practice every single, yeah, well, not not every single day. So it's it's you know it's a it's a different culture and you know it's yeah it's completely different. So of course you have to get used to that, but that's what I liked about it and the, the competitiveness and, and so on. So that's what I you know loved about going to Sweden. And that's also why I chose going there. And so tell us a little bit about that decision to go to Denmark in the first place. I mean, you know, all to Sweden. Yeah. He's from sorry, Denmark. Sorry, yeah. sorry, to Sweden. <laughs> but some of uh, the Danish players end up going North American Junior. Um, um, which I imagine at one time was an option for you. But tell us about your decision to go to Sweden. Of course, I've been thinking about going to, to North America too. But I, but I guess when I was 14, 15, it, it felt like the, the right fit for me. I went on, on some trials in, in Sweden to, to some different clubs and you know, just fell in love with, with HVS and organization and the town as well. So for me, it felt pretty good when I signed with them. And then, of course, Corona came as well. And it kind of you know stopped the communication with the teams over in, in North America. So that's that's definitely also a reason why I didn't, didn't go here at the beginning so but I haven't regretted that decision ever since. So. And would you say you're you're fluent in Swedish? Yeah I am but Danish and Swedish are pretty similar so you I picked it up pretty fast so yeah. So you didn't learn Swedish before you? No I couldn't understand anything at all so <laughs> oh. I had to speak English at first and then you know trying you know improving my Swedish every single day. Love yeah that. uh so can you tell our our listeners in Danish how excited you are to be a Kraken? 
Uh, sure. Uh, jamen, jeg er jo vanvittig stolt og glad for at få den her mulighed at blive, blive draftet af Seattle Kraken. Det, 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 det er noget, man har drømt om siden man var helt lille, så, så jeg kan slet ikke vente med, med at komme i gang og forhåbentlig få lov til at spille foran alle jeres fantastiske fans. We're, I'm not going to ask you to translate it. We're going to leave it at that. And mm. there's probably like one listener that got all that. So, yeah, hope so. Um, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations you on the much. draft. And we're excited to see what you do here. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Oscar, for joining us. Thank you, The Kraken, for letting us talk to him. Man, I'm excited. I, know, I really like that kid. I know. What I, a nice kid. Yeah. I think I watched a couple of interviews before we talked to him. I'm yeah. like, we got to get to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's good. it'll be a while before we see him playing in the NHL. But like. Just like all the players, I'm going to be rooting for them. But sometimes when we talk to these these kids and they like, you just like got to love them and root for them. Yeah. So uh, I'm rooting was, for them. I was well smiling from ear to ear. I know. <laughs> there is something about it. He was just so like genuine and friendly and 18 year old kid, you know, that English is not his first language. He speaks three languages, right? Yeah. But like English is not his first language. And he just was like so comfortable talking to us. It was, it was awesome. I loved that. And it, you know, for listeners and they've probably heard it themselves. Like sometimes yeah. we talk to 18 year olds and they, they stick to the, the <laughs> yeah. script and yeah. don't waver, barely, barely smile. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, that Good was stuff. awesome. Um, okay. Now we're going to talk about the day that was July 1st slash July 2nd, the opening of free agency, AKA Twitter meltdown day where rates were limited to one tweet per hour or something like that and it was what a day for twitter to not work and i know for like the vast majority of the world's population of all days for twitter to just stop working probably that day was fine (laughs) but for us this is a bad day for twitter to not work this is when when twitter really shines is when hockey free agency big trade days etc big events right it's where you get your info for hockey. It's just how it how it is. And I don't like that. I would rather it not be. I'd rather we do this somewhere else, to be honest, but it's what we have to work with. And when it's not working, I don't know about you, but I felt real frazzly trying to figure out what was going on. So uh, I did, but then I realized like, well, I'm not going to check Twitter anymore. And that was a little bit freeing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say it made me feel like, well, for one, I started watching NHL Network. Yeah. I was watching TSN yeah. via ESPN Plus, which oh, that was pretty good, actually. That was available? On, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I blew it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Yeah. No, because mm-hmm. I've watched the TSN show before. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, have so many people. It's insane. Yeah. They had literally, like, they have the main desk that I think had four people on it. They had three guys in the background on one desk yeah. and three guys in the background yeah. on another desk. Uh, yeah. Three people, I should say. It's not all men. Uh, yeah. Mostly, mostly yeah. men. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like, and they're all just, like, sitting there. Like, it's... Yeah. It's wild. Um, yeah. Pretty good production. What was kind of cool, though, is a lot of the people that actually do the work, and usually people rip off other people mm-hmm. in Twitter and then, like, break, quote unquote, break news by stealing it from somebody else. Uh, not, not like mainstream media, but like kind of fringe mm-hmm. uh, media. But uh, it was nice to kind of read articles and read content about on other sites uh, about what was going on. There you so, go. Yeah. All right. So it was a positive for you that Twitter broke. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't I mean, it it kind of signaled how fragile hockey media is, yeah. right? Um, yeah. As in, like, without Twitter, what would we do? And, and it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully people were reading the actual content creators instead of just feeds. So... All right, let's buzz through an interesting or carry on. We're going to go real fast with this because we're in the same situation as last week where I came in a little late and we have to get to hockey. So <laughs> it's on me once more. We'll go through it team by team. Anaheim, Radko Gudis and Alex Kalorn. Interesting or carry on? Uh, I don't think that makes them much better. So no. I'm not worried about them. I, I find it interesting because Alex Kalorn, when I – saw that he was going to UFA, I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a fit for him with the Kraken. And then I saw it, they signed him for four years at $6.25 million, and I'm like, nope, we're good. No, thanks. Carry on. Arizona uh, brings in Nick Bugstad. I guess they're re-signing? Yeah. No. No. It doesn't say it's an extension because he got traded, right? Yeah. He went to Edmonton, I think, but he was with Arizona last year. Yeah. Okay. But it was on July 1st, so even if he was with Arizona, uh-huh. just... That's how extensions work. I, yeah, I yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. So Bugstad is back, Alex Kerfoot and Jason Zucker. Interesting or carry on. Also, Jason Zucker is making five point three million dollars, which I guess is probably what about. Gotta get to the floor yeah. somehow. Okay. Um 
Morgan Geeky to the Boston Bruins. Interesting or carry on. I uh, love that he's getting two year, two million. Yes. That's great for him. I'm very happy yeah. for him. One of my f- absolute favorite players that we've gotten to cover so far. Yeah. Him and that's the thing is him and Sprong were like my go to guys in the locker room. Because they were just so like welcoming and yeah. they would talk about anything you wanted to talk about, even if you weren't like interviewing them for something. Yeah. Be like, hey, what's going on? You know, Daniel, what do you think about F1? He's like, oh, yeah, Verstappen. Like he had yeah, yeah. really good, in- intense yeah. knowledge and insight about Verstappen, you know. So Connor Clifton, Tyson Jost, and Eric Johnston to the Eric Johnson to the Buffalo Sabres. Carry, Carry on. on. Yep. Carolina, Michael Bunting, Frederick Anderson. Dmitry Orlov, Jesper Fast. Getting better. Orlov, right? Orlov yeah. was theoretically the biggest name out there. 7.75 million yeah. for him. Yeah. And I think I read it correctly there. So, yeah, they're getting better. Um, Sharon Govich, we talked about last week to Calgary. We're going to skip over that. Chicago, Ryan Donato, Corey Perry, and Nick Felino. And they carry on, although obviously we love Donato. Two years, two million a year. Yeah. That's good for him. Yeah. Oh, so good. And again, a little bit of stability for a guy like that, right? Yeah. Who just has not once, I contract don't think. Contract to contract, his, year right. by year, so. league minimum, close to league minimum, yeah. Happy for him. Colorado brings back Bowen Byram, and they bring in Miles Wood. I do like Miles Wood. 27 years old, 2.5 million, six, six years. years. That's it's an interesting contract. 2.5, though, like it's pretty low. So. Yeah, very manageable. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, Matt Duchesne and Evgeny Dadanov. Um, Dadanov, I guess, was with them before, but Duchesne's Interesting. One-year deal, uh, $3 million after- Well, he's getting paid by predators still, so yeah. But I saw his net, like the money he's going to make is less because he doesn't get quite the full contract, right? If you get bought out and like the difference is big enough yeah. that he's making a little less money now than he was going to make. So before. he's only making $7 million instead of $8 million? Something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, no, it's like, I think he's making like $5 million or $6 million instead of $7 million. $6 million total? I think he's an $8 million con- Anyway, who cares? Whatever. Carry on. Okay. I-, I think it's an interesting deal. He got bought out. <laughs> that, so. that I agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Shane Gostaspear, JT Comfer, Clem Costin, Justin Hall, and Daniel Sprong to the Detroit Red Wings. Interesting because we really like Sprong. I think that's pretty much it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Florida brings in Evan Rodriguez, Oliver Ekman Larson, and Nico Mikola. Uh, I was hoping Rodriguez would come to Seattle. I thought he'd be a good fit. Yeah, he's yeah. a right-handed center that could mm-hmm. fit really well in a kind of productive fourth line. So, And four years, three million. I mean, that would have been manageable. I think maybe Seattle just wasn't on right. his radar. Yeah, right. Desire. Yeah. Uh, Devils bring back Timo Meyer. Uh Whatever. Uh, Nashville, Alexander Carrier, Ryan O'Reilly, Cody Glass, Luke Shen, Gustav Nyquist. Uh, O'Reilly's interesting. It's interesting Nashville kind of pushing chips in a bit here, yeah. I think, um, with that many signings. Yeah. Um, like they're not prepared like they're in to a, rebuild. Yeah, totally like a, agree. It's a retool. Yeah. It's not a rebuild, maybe. And you know what? Nashville never does the full teardown. Right. Because they, or at least historically, have always wanted to be competitive and get to the playoffs. Right. Uh, nothing really for the well, well, Pierre Engvall to the Islanders, three million, seven years, three million dollars a year. Fascinating contract. Jonas Corposalo and Eric Brandstrom to Ottawa. Brandstrom's back with Ottawa. Corposalo, that's a nice little upgrade. Five years, four million per year. So yep. that might help Ottawa significantly to make the playoffs. Yep. So Pittsburgh, Lars Eller, Noel Chari, Ryan Graves, Tristan Jari. Jari's back. Carry on. Okay. Seattle. We already talked about San Jose Sharks, Mackenzie Blackwood. Hmm. They need a goalie, I guess. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, Connor Sheary. Carry on. Carry on. Toronto, kind of interesting. Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi, John Klingberg, David Kampf, and now they're over the cap. You know, on the surface, I'm like, oh, this is good because they're kind of getting a next tier of goal scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, they also brought Ryan Reeves. We didn't include that, but we're talking about $2 million and up. That's why. <laughs> That's right. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, where is Ryan Reeves yeah. here? Oh, yeah. So we filtered him out. Yeah. Um, they're trying to get a little harder to play against, I guess, is what they're saying. Yeah, so. but they've done that before. Yeah. Remember when they brought Wayne Simmons in and yeah. all that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Give them credit. I think they're trying. That's different. They're, they're coming yeah. back with a different group. So yep. I think that's fine. Vancouver, Ian Cole and Carson Soucy. Good for them. Yep. Vegas, Aiden Hill is back. Ivan Barbashev is back, but at the cost of Riley Smith. Be interesting to see Aiden Hill next year. Okay. Yeah, and he's making $5 million now. So. I know. Yeah. Winnipeg, Vladislav Domestikov, carry on. Washington, Max Pacioretty, one year, $2 million. I don't know. Washington's on the decline as well. 
Carry on. Okay. Well, that's it. Washington's right, cool. last alphabetically. So. So we buzzed through that really quickly. There were some that we didn't include, like I said, if it was a lower contract value or whatever. But yeah, it was an eventful day around the league, not so much in Seattle. All right, we're back. We had to take a little break there because earlier I was trying to hustle us along because we had hockey to play and uh, we just had like a little too much left that we wanted to talk about. So we decided to pause secretly, which you, the listener, wouldn't have known. I wonder if they could tell. I bet they could. They're pretty astute. Yeah. Right? We well, just, yeah. Some of them are, I think they're, I think they're hey, easy, pretty easy. Yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. Come on. Um, but anyway, so we're back. It's uh, now 11.15 p.m. So um, John and I were throwing our weight around out there. Yeah. You, you had a little play where you hopped over the boards and just rocked a dude that had no idea. Colin, <laughs> loyal listener of the show, you thanked him by hopping over the boards and just crushing him. So. Yeah, life comes at you fast sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I think you probably crushed his pride more than anything, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But And then I, uh, later yeah. in the game, pulled the, you know, you remember the clip of Dominic Hasek where he comes sliding out and takes Marion Gabrick out at the feet and he goes yeah. flipping. It was kind of like that, but way less dramatic. But I did get him pretty good. And it, it wasn't intentional. I didn't mean to take him out, but he clearly didn't see me coming and didn't like. No, that was one of the harder hits we've seen out there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the biggest pause we've had after. Yeah. After a hit. So. Definitely a moment of like, I'm okay. Are you okay? All right. I let's think take, we're okay. Let's take our time to get yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So I, I did feel pretty guilty, but uh, we're back now. Uh, we made it through. No one got permanently injured. Um, just some minor bumps and bruises. Right? <laughs> so not my best game either. Four and four. It was tough. It's yeah. tough to play four and four. So. Um, okay. Where we left off though, uh, we had our interview with Oscar Fisker Mulgard. That's definitely not how you pronounce it. Go go by what he said. Don't go by yeah. what I said. Um, one thing we haven't talked about yet, and one thing, you know what? We skipped over this when we were doing Interesting or Carry On. We didn't really talk about trades. But you know who got traded? Patrick Maroon, now in the Minnesota Wild. Stanley Cup guaranteed. Carry On? No. I'm telling you, you book it right now. Minnesota Wild, Stanley Cup did champions he, next year. Did he win it last year? Uh, not last year, but he had, what, three? I think he has three cups now, and didn't he win it three years in a row? Yeah, St. Louis, and then two at Tampa Bay. Right. So, so book it. You're you're right. The I'll chain the is field. broken. The fact that they didn't I'll win. I'll take the field. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably the the safe money there, bet is every team other broader than Minnesota point, Wild. There weren't a lot of interesting trades, that's right? True. There were some we're carrying on from all of them. All right. Uh we do need to mention and by mention I mean discuss the situation happening in women's hockey. So, uh John, I'm going to kind of let you break this one down, but uh I'll I'll give my understanding and then you can say if I'm even on the right track here, okay? Okay. My understanding is that there were the two different, I don't want to say sides. There was the actual league, which was the PHF. Then there was the group of women's players, the PHWPA, that had sort of broken away because they didn't really like what was going on in the PHF. And it wasn't even called the PHF back then, right? It's called something else, NWHL, I yeah, think. That's right. right. Yeah. And so those were a lot of like the, the best players, were in the PWHPA not playing an actual team, but they were doing like the yeah, Dream Gap mostly the national team members, right? Yep. For Canada and US, but mm-hmm. but plenty of others. And it was almost like a protest thing, right? That they broke away in a way. Yeah, I wouldn't say they broke away. They just did not see the NWHL as a viable league. Right. But to your point, like kind of like a protest, they are just like, we're, we're not, not playing in that this. league. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and NW to their credit, NWHL had quite a few problems early on mm-hmm. um, that were aired Publicly. Publicly yeah. because of these two sides, these right. two factions, if you will. So now uh, what's happened is, I forget, is it the Walter Group? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Mark Walter Group mm-hmm. purchased the PHF. And the PHW, PWHPA is aligned with the Walter Group and the Billie Jean King Company. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, and so now PHF is no more. The PHWPA players are back in. So what are the ramifications and consequences of that? Okay. This is pretty nuanced and- Yeah. How did I do? You did relatively well. Okay. uh, Better than most, Uh um, I would say. Than most people even casually paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, um, the Mark Walter Group purchased the PHF, but it's not like they're just plugging the players into that league. That's that's like shuddering. That league is shuddering. And this new group will- start a new league in January where the PWPA will be playing. Those players will be eligible and will be 
theoretically trying out and potentially playing in that league. Mm-hmm. It's a little dicey. I, I've got some mixed feelings about this because basically they shuttered a league so that there wouldn't be any competition. That's mm-hmm. I know that sounds crappy and that's not maybe what is being reported in the news, but to me that's that's the intent and that's what they did. They were planning on playing in November, this PHF, but now that's not going to happen. All the contracts that, that players signed over the summer are null and void. There is some kind of compensation and payout to those players, but not not significantly. I mean, some of these people literally relocated their lives, signed, you know, rental agreements in the cities that they're going to play in for places to stay, and now they don't have this opportunity to play hockey. Now, theoretically, they could try out uh, and play for these this new league, but the reality is most of those spots are going to be taken by these PWPA because they are theoretically the better players because they're national team members. And and just by nature of that, they're better hockey players. Uh, One thing is there were seven PHF teams. Now there will be six in this new league. So all, all of a sudden one league or one, excuse me, one team is being eliminated. And from what I understand, there's going to be three teams in three teams in Canada and three teams in the U.S., um, and right we don't now, know what the teams are, right, at this point? No. Um, so we don't know which team is getting eliminated or teams. It could be multiple markets. Well, eliminated is not even – they're all being eliminated. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, a question yeah. of uh, – and like, Which, I, which I don't market wanna, is gaining yeah, or losing? Yeah, I'm not trying to yeah. be like a jerk about this. But no, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I would put money on Boston, but that only leaves two other potential uh, spots for teams in the U.S. And there's currently a team – or there was a team in Buffalo – there was a team in Minnesota. There was a team in Connecticut and then a, a team in New York. I don't know really how successful those teams. I know the Minnesota team is very successful, but logistically, I think they might want to keep them clustered uh, so to cut back on cost in the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the tricky thing here is you're going to hear a lot of people or I've seen a lot of people talk about how great of a moment this is because finally there's one league to play under. Well, the reality is there was only one league before, and it was the PHF. It's just the PWHPA chose not to play in it because they didn't think it was viable. But the spin is in full effect, and it's really hard to get balanced and accurate reporting here. But I would would advise you to follow Erica Ayala if you aren't already. Um, She wrote an article for Forbes that was the most balanced article I've seen because usually – these articles are written by people that are aligned to one group or the other. And there's a lot of people like slapping each other on the back. What a great moment this is. Um, but you literally just eliminated the only professional women's league in the U.S. Or excuse me, in North America. Replacing it with another. But you're right. But it doesn't exist yet. And right. like you're booting out players that have had. Yeah. An and upper and I, your life. so I feel really bad for those players. Uh-huh. Well, some of them have had really fun careers in the NWHL and PHF, long careers, mm-hmm. um, that might not get the opportunity to play. That's one. But there was a lot of people like busting their butt from social media for these teams, for for people just working their butts off, probably for not not a lot of pay. If any. Yeah. Yeah. To try to make this work. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, I've been to games in Boston. It works. Yeah. It works. It, I've seen games with some of those, for, those PWHPA members, and I've seen it without. And from the sta- fan standpoint, I don't know the difference, right? I, I mean, I know the difference skill-wise, but the place was packed on both occasions. So there was a good product with the PHF. And I always wonder what would happen if the PWHPA players finally said, you know, like, hey, maybe we should give this new PHF a chance. And think of all the sponsors that supported the the Dream Gap tour. Like, what if they put the money into the PHF? The NWHL certainly had issues, so I don't want to kind of like say like, oh, this is this great league all along. No, that's not the case. Um, but we will see. Um, this could be the best move long term, finally, that the PWHPA is playing in an actual league. Um, so that that is encouraging, and it sounds like this is well-funded. So we'll have to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but any questions? No, I think that was a very good rundown. I think uh, I'm optimistic about it. I understand the ramifications and I, I understand. I am too. I right? am too. Just I, I to be clear, yeah. It's one yeah. of those things that right now it feels, you know, change is always hard and scary yeah. and whatever, you know, and yet again, it's like how many times have 
anything that comes up in women's hockey or like the only times that people seem to talk about women's hockey is when it's like, oh, look at this crappy thing that happened. Right. And and even to have uh, something that comes in that could theoretically be a positive thing for the game, you know, that's probably probably a good moment, I think. But I don't know. Like, I, I think we have to kind of see how it plays out. And um, I understand your trepidation about it. And I understand the concerns of, of others about it. But I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be cool to get the best players in the world back playing. I, I totally hockey, agree. You know, I just I wish they so. would have done that three years ago. Right. Totally. And started playing. Yeah. But we Start. can't turn back the clock, you know. And, and ultimately, the PHWPA, whether they did or not, they're at least putting it out there that they're happy with this solution, you know? So in a way, they like they stuck to their guns and they, they kind of got what they wanted. And so if that is true and they actually got what they wanted and now they think that they have a sustainable solution for women's hockey, then I'm all for it. So I, I do hate the collateral damage piece of it, right? That that women are losing their jobs playing hockey, that to your point, they've uprooted their lives and all that. Um, that sucks. But also, you know, how many times do we say like hockey's a business? You know, I it just I hate the fact that like they had contracts and the contracts got voided because I'm sure that's got to be a just a real kick in the you know. Well, I just I just wonder if yeah, what's going to be different here? Yeah, Uh, other than maybe funding, which Mm -hmm. is significant. That's Um, always a huge. But it would have been nice if these you know Olympians and national team members would have given the PHF a chance when they kind of turned things around, and they did. So Mm -hmm. um, I hear what you're saying. No, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and and I don't mean to say this is a a big negative moment, right? To your point, because I don't. You know, we've been talking about women's hockey. You know, not obviously not every episode. It's not like we cover it, but we do talk about it more positively. We've had. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, but. When I say we, I mean like I know, the collective I know. we, you know, I, the, no, I, the world only talks about women's know. hockey when they, that's it. Like yeah. when things like that happen, where it's like, oh, well, another, another bankruptcy concern, another or, whatever. Yeah. Like, or they sell off Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We now move on to our segments. And our first segment is everyone's favorite segment. And it hasn't. We've been over this. Haven't had one in a little while, but we're pretty happy to have it back. It's Goalie Gear Corner! On this week's Goalie Gear Corner, we are going to none other than the Seattle Kraken organization where Alice, you know, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Stazka or Stezka? Stezka is the Z. I feel like the Z should be silent, but I don't think it is. Stezka. Um, he's got a great look. He's been at Kraken Development Camp, and I got to say, I love the fact that he just got signed. I don't know if it was, what, like a month ago or whatever. And he's got a head to toe. Very nice Seattle Kraken setup. Mask is done. The pads are, it's all CCM. The pads, uh, blocker glove, they're very, very nice. He's got some subtle tentacle details. He's got uh, like just a little touch of red that could be like the the red eye of the Kraken. I love it. I really like it. So I really love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty cool. But? No, I'm just realizing Stezka, Mm -hmm. he's 26 years old at development camp. Yeah. I mean, he's probably... Four years older than the next youngest person. Yep. Um, but probably just wanted to come to North America. You know, sometimes they need goalies for these development camps. So pretty cool stuff. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. So I like it a lot. It's a beautiful look. I got to say, I'm uh, quite impressed by it. So good on him and good on him for getting it done so quickly. I just, I feel like he's, is, he's really ahead of the sweet, curve here, yeah. you know, so it'll be nice and broken in. We do have some shame to put on ourselves. Shame. 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 John, would you like to go first? Uh, well, aren't they both mine? I think they're actually all yours. I don't know if I have anything. Yeah. Should, I, should I be shaming myself for anything tonight? Uh, anything on the ice that you want? I mean, I gave up no. some bad goals. Well, this is this is the deal. Like, shame. We're still working on yeah. shame. We're still the shame segment. But it's, yeah, it's supposed to be what we screwed up last time, or so the intern mm-hmm. during the draft game, day two. Uh, no, I just want to be clear. <laughs> Usually, the intern is me. I handed whoa, the keys. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Usually. Think well, we're we don't gonna know reveal that. this. Yeah. That's true. We don't know yeah. that. Um, but I hand the keys over to John for like five minutes because I had to go five do something minutes, else. Five minutes. It was most of the day. You did yeah. a great job. Uh, let me just be clear. Yeah. You did a great job of covering everything with the draft because I wasn't that helpful that day. So I do so, want to put that out there. Okay. All right. No worries. However. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's hard not to notice, you know, some some mistakes yeah. when they come up. So so I hand the keys of the Sound of Hockey Twitter account over to John and, and what happens, John? So... Um, when the Seattle Kraken drafted now friend of the pod, Oscar Fisker Molgard, mm-hmm. I announced that this was the first Swedish <laughs> draft pick by the Seattle Kraken. Uh-huh. 
Well, that is not the case. Right. He only had been playing in Sweden the last couple of years. He's actually Danish, which we've been over. So yeah. that's uh, an oopsie. Yeah. And then I yep. sp- then I think I sp- spelled Finnish F I N. Yeah, one I S H. Right. Yeah. Like finish the race. Not fi- yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did finish the day. Yeah. But um, and then on my Twitter account, when the twentieth overall pick was coming up, I projected it would be. Quentin Must Musty or Gabe Perot. Yeah. And And uh, it was like it's gotta be Musty or Perot, right? Like whatever it was that you said. Like, it's yeah, but be I mean that wasn't guys. that's not I mean I, I wasn't like I wasn't gonna put money on it that yeah. it would be them. Um yeah. but I thought those were guys were coming up. So okay. shame on me. That was not I mean, that one is less shameful, I think, than getting the wrong finish. Yeah, that was like and, me like kind of guessing, like, oh, it's gonna be these guys, right? Yeah, I do think like getting the nationality totally wrong for our new friend of the pod, like that's that's a little tough. That's a tough one, but well, that's why we had to have him on. Yeah, set the record straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let yeah. him let him tell us what nationality he is. You know. Yeah, and he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So. That, next time we'll not research anybody right. that we have on the pod, yeah. and we'll just ask them what their nationality is. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Let's start with that. Where are you yeah, from? That should go over well. Hey, where are yeah. you from? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Do you speak English? Yeah. yeah. All right. We now move on to our weekly one timers. Our first weekly one timer. Tennessee State University or college, university or college, I'm not sure. Tennessee State is going to be offering college hockey. It's a club program. Why this is special, though, is because this is the first HBCU college, historically black colleges and universities, to offer any kind of hockey program in any way. Yeah, and they have that's int- pretty awesome. And they have intent to go Div One, yeah. which is pretty impressive too. It really so, is. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so that's, I guess it's well, it's obviously in Tennessee, not yeah. just a clever name. Um, but <laughs> they're doing it like in conjunction with the Predators, and yeah. the NHL seems to be behind it too. So uh, they were talking about that at the the draft, and I just thought that's such a cool initiative. I was, it is cool. Love um, it. Really impressed by that. So love that. Our next weekly one timer, New Jersey's new New Jersey's not uh, not no. talking about the New Jersey Devils, but new jerseys for the Anaheim Ducks for their their 30th anniversary season. So it's like it's interesting. It's almost like a it is kind of a throwback to their originals except it's way more focused on that like duck-shaped goalie mask that Wild Wing the duck oh. wears. I do really like it. I think they they kind of did a little bit of a Kansas City shuffle here where they kind of made everybody look one way like we we all thought that it was going to be their original jerseys. But then they did put a little bit of a twist on it. So I like what they did. It's a nice look. What do you think? It does look good. Yeah. I mean, I like the duck. Yeah. I honestly like the duck. Yeah. That's cool. Much better than their normal logo. I I still think they're black and orange. I've said it before on this podcast. I think it's hands down the worst like head-to-toe uniform in the NHL. I think it's just terrible. I don't like anything about it. I'm trying to the think. The color if... combination, I don't like it. I don't like the logo. I don't like the piping on their shoulder. I, I don't like any of it. Yeah, we don't usually align on our taste for jerseys. I know. But I'm not prepared to kind of like say it's the worst. Okay. But I, who, I hear you. Who else do you dislike? What other jerseys I, do you that's dislike? That's what I'm trying to think of. I'm not a fan of Nashville. I think they're just kind of blah. Ooh, I feel uh, like anybody could have made those. Wild I'm not too fond of, to wild. be honest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't hate the wild jerseys. Florida, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to think about it a little bit okay. more. And, right. and then- God forbid you have mentioned one of the classics, right? Like right. one of the original six or one of the early teams. Like, don't want to offend anybody. No, yeah. Just the new people. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're not an original six team, but the Tampa Bay Lightning uniforms, like they are the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like they're just, they're almost the exact same. Like when they came out with those, I was like, that's going to be confusing when they play each other, you know? And I think it is confusing. So <laughs> I've never thought about that. Really? But- Never? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. Yeah. Our next weekly one-timer. Philip Zadina is on waivers. Now, he was a pretty highly touted prospect for the Red Wings for quite a while. What do you think? I saw your tweet that said Ellie Tolvin in 2.0. What do you think? Um, and, and I should say that like, by the time listeners hear this, we're going to know. Yeah. By the time listeners hear this, is he a Seattle Kraken? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so because yeah, I don't. Just what we talked about earlier. I think they're in the position right now to do something if it shakes loose, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. I think if they add a player to the theoretically the bottom of their lineup, they're not really in that position anymore because then their roster is pretty much full in terms of the number of players. Not so much cap space, but like number of players. So. And I just don't see the the like significant upgrade. Right. Like right, the, exactly. You yeah. know, like the guaranteed exactly. upgrade. It's like, yeah, hopefully like maybe, you know. Like it feels like they kind of just did that with Yamamoto. 
You know, right. like yeah, there's probably that's... some upside with Yamamoto, but he's not guaranteed to come make the team better. Yeah. So, okay. Our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. Eric Carlson and John Gibson have both requested trades from their teams now. So we have certainly talked about Carlson and I don't know, like, cause he's kind of been rumored to be on the move anyway. Somehow I keep seeing Seattle come up as a possible destination for him. I still don't think I see it though. Well, I, you know, I do think he's, he's a fit. Um, in terms of the way that he plays. Yeah. Okay. Tell uh, me more. Well, the power play has been brutal. Yeah. Right. And I just think he's he upgrades offensively. Sure. Um, and could help with the power play. It doesn't fit with kind of the team behavior, okay. if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Like having a, a big contract in the room. I've we've kind of talked about it in the scenario before. They've got the cap space. They can make it work. I wonder what the return is. You know, are they just is San Jose just trying to dump salary or they? Well, I think that's the thing is like if you because I would imagine any team that takes him is going to want to try to get San Jose to eat salary, wouldn't you think? Well, San Jose's definitely got to eat some salary. Um, But the GM Mike Greer's kind of said he's oh we're not going to just take on fifty percent of it. But yeah, wow, who knows what he's saying? Might have to though. I mean, but you you in theory could probably get him for minimal return if you're willing to take on his whole salary. I bet. Right. So but, that then it becomes a negotiation at yeah, that point. Yeah. yeah. Our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. Oh, and I don't think John Gibson's coming to the crack. <laughs> um, no. Local ties. We got we to gotta just mention Dylan Gambrell gets a contract with Toronto. One-way deal. That's exciting. Called him the white whale on Twitter. That's Remember, right. We, I love it. Yeah. He was, he was the guy. We were, we were trying to get him for a while. Yeah, we, we talked finally, about him for two years. Yeah, he's from Bonnie Lake. I don't know yeah. if you know that. Uh, <laughs> and also friend of the pod, Jesper Weatherby, to the uh, Nashville Predators. Two-way deal for him. But uh, he was on our podcast, and he was awesome. I really, yeah, really he liked was good. He's a good him, kid. So. Um, he hasn't quite stuck in right. the NHL, but... Um, I you know I don't I don't know how the outlook looks in Nashville, but it is a two way deal, so yeah. no guarantees. Those are our weekly one timers. We close the show with our tweets of the week. Uh, John, you want to go first? Sure. Um, Darren Drieger was speaking about uh, Ryan Reeves mm-hmm. at signing with Toronto, and he says based on level of interest, it's believed the target is three years. I don't believe the Wild were willing to do more than two years. Expect the AAV to come in around one point three. <laughs> He will be a fan favorite in Toronto. Then Jonathan Willis, uh, who's a writer for The Athletic. I think he's based out of Winnipeg. But he says, nice to see Ryan Reeves, a 36-year-old forward who scored five goals last season, about to cash in. He has no goals and five assists in his 62 playoff games over the last five seasons. But on the bright side, he has played 62 playoff games over the last five seasons. So anyway. I just love that. All right. It's a good one. Yeah. Good one. Mine comes from somebody named Charlie Arsenault. Uh, it was in reference to Dalibor Dvorsky, who is one of the kids that got drafted. Uh, he just says, Dvorsky is what hockey bros call it when their parents split up. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, Mark Dumont, responded and said, Charlie, there's a Hall of Fame hockey tweet. And Charlie responded to that and said, a little tweet for the hall ski, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. I liked that. Well done, Charlie Arsenal. Okay, that's our show. Uh, kind of a weird, disjointed, broken up one for us. Hopefully it didn't come through that way for you guys, uh, the listeners. But uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. Thanks again to Oscar for chatting with us. Really excited to see what he can do with the team. Uh, very fun chat with him. Uh, subscribe on Stitcher. Well, it still exists. I confirmed that is going out of business, by the way. Uh, Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Stick taps for Andy. We'll talk to you all very soon for episode 246. Cheers. Cheers.